you know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of your career and life, to starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is the Own Your Career, Own Your Life podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Own Your Career podcast. I'm your host, Andy Storch. And today I want to talk to you about feedback. Uh, yes, you probably know a lot about feedback. Maybe you've received a lot of feedback. Maybe you like to give feedback. And maybe you've even heard the phrase that feedback is a gift. Uh, that's something that I learned when I got into corporate consulting. I went to work for a consulting company called BTS and we were not like a traditional management consulting firm. It was more strategy, execution, implementation, um, and really a lot of training as well. So we created uh, custom business simulations, used to run them inside large organizations. And um, it was really kind of a dream job for me when I got this job. I, I talked about it in my book, uh, Own Your Career, Own Your Life, and, and may have mentioned on this podcast in the past that um, this was like a dream job for me because I before that I was working in... Uh, an analyst role in insurance uh, and product management. And it was a lot of sitting at a desk and spreadsheets and not much variety. And uh, this job was completely different. It was up on your feet, running uh, programs in front of people, talking with lots of different clients, doing different things every day, every week. And I absolutely loved it. <clears throat> but it was really hard. And even though it, it leveraged some of my my key skills that I were just learning at the time that I had, like public speaking and, and things like that, um, it was hard work. And we wanted people to be really good because clients were paying us a lot of money, right, to go and run these workshops. So the way we improved was not to just uh, sit around and wonder how could I get better. It was not to rely on yourself to know how you could get better. It was by providing feedback. Uh, so what we would do is we would often have practice sessions inside the office where you'd get up in front of uh, three or four of your colleagues and uh, essentially practice a, a certain type of facilitation or a client delivery before you went out to the client, especially for newer facilitators, we'd have them practice this before they could get up there and you would get a lot of feedback. This is pretty much the hardest thing you ever do. I mean, if you have to, if I had to choose between getting up in front of a room of 1000 people and talking about something that I've never talked about before, or going in front of a room of three of my colleagues and peers who are specifically there to give me feedback, I'd probably take the first one every time because, uh, you know, even if you don't do well in that big group, chances are nobody's going to come up to you afterwards and be like, hey, that was not very good, right? Um, but when you're in that small room, small room uh, group of people who are specifically there to give you feedback, you're going to hear it. Uh, and in fact, even if you nail it, even if you do a great job, they're probably going to find something <laughs> that you could improve. And, and why is that, right? Be a couple of reasons. Number one, we are absolutely here to improve. We're not here, we're not there to hear that we're perfect, right? We're not um, even really striving for perfection because I believe perfection is a myth. I don't think there is such a thing. I think we can always get better. Um, there are always things to look out for. And, um, uh, you know, we want to cheer for each other. We want to support each other. But in that case, it wasn't about uh, applauding somebody who's 90% there. If you're 90% there, hey, you did great. And here are two other things that you could do to make this even better. We're just always looking for ways 
to help each other improve. So you know you're going to get some constructive uh, criticism or feedback. Um, and number two, of course, is the people in the room want to feel useful, right? They want to feel like they're there for a reason. So they're going to find something um, to tell you, even if it's mostly positive feedback, they're probably going to find something, you know, hey, when you said this one thing, you could have said this differently, whatever it may be. And the really hard thing, uh, and I'm, I'm very lucky, I'm grateful for this... Sorry, dropping stuff. I'm grateful for this experience. I'm very lucky that I got to have this experience because I gained a lot of practice giving and receiving feedback because let's face it, receiving feedback is freaking hard. It is, it's hard, right? It's hard to hear. Essentially, uh, you're not perfect (laughs) or you could have done better, which means you're not perfect, right? And even though all of us know that we're not perfect, If I asked every single one of you who are listening, are you perfect? You would say, heck no, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes all the time, right? Um, Even if you came, you, you prepared for a presentation and you gave that presentation to me and I asked you, was that perfect? You'd probably say... I thought I did pretty well, but uh, no, it was not perfect. I'm sure there's some things I could improve. So even though we know this, it's still so hard to receive that feedback. It's still so hard when someone then comes up to you and says, hey, that was pretty good, but, 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 um, and the but is is so hard, right? Because when we hear that but, we cringe, we clinch up, we're like, oh God, here, what's coming, right? Um, and, and here, or they say like, I'd like to give you some feedback. You're like, oh my God, okay, here it comes. Let me, let me like put my shields up. Let me just take a breath and it's not, it's going to be okay, right? Um, and chances are someone's going to tell you like, Hey, you could have, you could have done something better. And we, I don't know about you, but I have a hard time with it. I really do. Even though I know feedback is so important, I seek it out. I ask for it. Um, it's still hard to receive sometimes because, um, I think it goes all the way back to our ancestral brains. It's hitting our amygdala in our brain. We won't go all, all into brain science, but we, as humans, psychologically, we, we greatly fear rejection, uh, and judgment because, uh, you know, thousands of years ago, we lived in tribes. And if you got rejected, you could be cast out of a tribe and you'd be dead, right? You, you could not survive on your own. So now here we are in modern society. You're perfectly capable of surviving on your own. You, it, rejection is just part of life. It's not really a big deal logically, um, but it stings because someone is saying to you, you're not perfect and they're trying to help you improve. Um, but all you're hearing is, you don't like me, right? But that's not the case. That's not the case. What we have to do is we have to really, um, really think about what feedback is all about, what this is all about, why this is important. And I want to tell you why feedback is important. I want to give you a couple examples of feedback I've received recently um, that are that was hard in the moment that is helping me, and why I seek it out on a regular basis, even though it's really hard. So again, like I know many of you, you've, you've probably been through, you've received feedback, whether it be from a manager or um, other people, even if you're like you're into sports, if you go into martial arts, like you're going to get feedback on a regular basis on how you are performing, right? Why? Because that is how we improve. Because chances are we are going to stay stagnant. We're never going to get better if we don't get some type of feedback, right? Letting us know that hey, it was pretty good, but here are three things that you could improve. Chances are we're not going to see that in the moment, right? So we need that feedback in order to grow. If you are ambitious like me and you want to achieve big things in your career and you have big goals, whether it be to be promoted, 
um, to change into a different part of the, the company, to start your own business, um, whatever your goals are. I'm very big. If you've read my book, if you've listened to me for a while, you know I'm big on setting that clear vision to know where you want to go, um, setting specific goals, asking for help, right? Getting mentorship um, and really taking ownership, taking responsibility. And if you're going to take ownership and responsibility, that means you're responsible for your success. You need to find ways to improve. You need to find ways to get feedback so that you know if you're on the right track or if you could be getting better. So let me give you an example for me of what just happened recently. Um, I have now built this career and business as a keynote speaker, among other things. Uh, most of my business now is speaking and training. So I tend to work with large companies. I come into large companies to speak to their people and teach people how to own their careers so that they get more clarity on where they want to go. They're more likely to have conversations with their managers. Um, they're better set up for the future and they are more likely to stay around longer with their company, right? So this is really important work. And I take it very seriously. And my vision is to get on bigger stages and impact more people and make more money doing it, right? And we'll get into all the specifics on it, but I want to continue to grow in this space. And, and truly, I want to be known as the best speaker, at least in the career development arena, right? So I, if any company is thinking, we need somebody to talk to our people about their careers, I want somebody in the room to say, we need to get Andy Storch because he is the best, right? Because that's my vision. I hope you have a vision for where you want to go in your career. So be, as you're listening to me talk about mine, think about what it is that you really want to achieve. What's that big vision or goal that you're chasing after? Because I want you to be thinking about putting a plan together and setting goals uh, to help you achieve that big vision. So think about what you want to achieve. For me, it's to get on bigger stages and be like the marquee um, best keynote speaker in the career game and one of the best and most sought after keynote speakers out there, right? Now, if I want that to be true, I think there's two elements to it. Number one is marketing, right? Um, it doesn't matter how good you are at something. If you're building a business um, or you want to be something like a speaker, author, or whatever, it doesn't matter how good it is. If nobody finds out about it, it's not going to matter, right? So marketing is really important. So this is why I have a podcast. I have a book. I post on LinkedIn every single day. I'm always talking to people, sharing content, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, I'm always marketing because I want to get my brand out there and people to know who I am and what I stand for, what my mission is, what my message is, um, and what people can learn from me, right? So number one is, is marketing. But number two is you got to be good. You got to be really good at your craft, right? If you want to achieve big things, uh, certainly there are some people out there who their marketing is so good that maybe even the quality of their work doesn't matter as much. But I think... You know, for my case, if I want to be the marquee, like most sought after keynote speaker, then yeah, I have to have good marketing, but I also have to have really good content, right? I have to have great content. The message really matters and the delivery is so good that people walk away and they take action and they go, I want to hear that again. Or someone at this, you know, I need to call my friend and tell them they need to hire Andy, that sort of thing, right? Uh, and if you're building any kind of business, you want to think about this, right? The marketing side and then the quality of what you're doing is so good that people refer you uh, to others or they want to work with you again. So let's focus in on the quality. I want to have a really, really excellent keynote talk that gets people to take action, gets people to follow me, gets people to want to work with me again, that sort of thing, right? Now, I know that I have some natural abilities. I'm a pretty good speaker, uh, as it is. <clears throat> and I have a lot of experience. I, I've trained for this. I, like I said, coming from that consulting background, I've been up in front of people for more than 10 years running workshops around the world. So I have some pretty good experience. 
uh, I believe I created, I crafted a pretty good keynote from my book. But in the back of my mind, every time I give it, I think this could be better. I think this could be better. I don't know how, but I think this could be better, right? So I know, especially because I kind of operate within a beginner's mindset, um, I'm always striving to improve. I never believe that I'm a master or that I'm perfect. So I know in the back of my head, hey, this is pretty good. It's getting the job done. People often tell me how much they enjoyed the talk and what they got from it and the action they took, et cetera. Like, I know it's good and I know it could be better, but how can it be better? How can I improve this talk? All I know is what I know. Uh, what can I do, right? And of course, the answer is obvious. I need feedback, right? I need other people to look at it and poke holes in it or give me ideas or find things. And so a couple things happened recently. Number one is I hired a friend, my friend Lauren Davis, who is a social media coach, consultant, uh, who is pivoting into this space of working with speakers because she has worked with many speakers and really observed what's effective for speakers. And she started this new package, uh, really coaching speakers to help them improve their presentation and make it more effective in um, you know making an impact, gaining followers and getting more business, right? And so when she told me about that, I said, sign me up. I want to be one of your first clients. So I hired her and we are working together now on improving the presentation. Uh, so that was a big step because I knew um, this, this could be improved. Here's the other thing that happened uh, sort of serendipitously or accidentally because even though I had this in the back of my mind, I wasn't seeking out feedback. So this is a lesson, right? We need to be open to feedback and sometimes we really need to seek it out. So what I, what I could have done is potentially um, gone to clients after I give a keynote and asked specifically, what do you think could be improved with this keynote? And some might say it was great. I can't think of anything, right? But a couple of people might have something in the back of their mind. They're not going to proactively tell me unless I ask for it, right? Um, so I could do that. I could also, I have a lot of friends who are speakers. I could gather them and say, Hey, can we get on zoom for 45 minutes? And can I just give you my keynote? And then you give me feedback. Um, I would probably do that for them. Uh, it's a little awkward though. It's it's, and it's scary, right? Doing that in front of us. We talked about that earlier. Um, but then what else can we do? We can hope that someone does provide feedback to us. And, and that's what actually happened for me. So I was in uh, Berlin last week, giving a keynote talk for a software company there. And it was a fantastic experience, great company culture. Um, I gave this 45 minute keynote uh, in front of a um, couple hundred people. And afterwards, you know, people were coming up and saying how much they enjoyed it and thanking me for coming and, and all that sort of stuff. But then an executive, the CFO walked up to me and introduced herself and said, hey, uh, can I give you some feedback? And I went, ooh, all right, here we go. Remember the the, oh, can I give you some feedback? It's always like, oh, cringe. Okay, here we go. Like if someone introduces that, it's probably going to be critical, right? Because if it's all positive, they're just going to come up and say, that was fantastic. Let me tell you why. Um, sometimes it's just like a little adjustment. Actually, a few weeks ago, I was giving a, a keynote uh, up in the Chicago area for a professional services firm. And uh, I walked off the stage and the uh, AV, the audiovisual guy, was taking off my microphone. I said, can I give you some, and he said, can I give you some feedback? And I went, oh my God, even the AV guy is giving me feedback now. Okay, what? And, and all he said was, that was really great. Uh, and I think you should have been the opening keynote speaker for the week. So I was the closing keynote speaker for this long training program. And he said he thought I should have been the opening. Thought, okay, cool. Thank you for that feedback. I didn't do the schedule, but I will tell my client. 
Um, great idea by him. And if he didn't take the initiative, give that to me, I wouldn't know. And uh, client wouldn't know. Turned out client was already thinking about that. Um, but it's kind of reinforced it, right? So to get back to my talk in Berlin, CFO walks up to me and says, I'm going to give you some feedback. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, <laughs> I, they paid me money. Like I wanted this to be excellent. And now what I'm hearing is yeah, it was good, but it could have been better, right? And actually what she said was, um, think you can incorporate more stories into your keynote, into your presentation. Uh, and she said, don't get me wrong. I thought it was really great. You, all the information was fantastic. Exactly what we've been trying to get across to our employees. We're so glad that you're here. And I think it could be even better if you incorporated some stories into your presentation. And what I said was, I agree. I, I, I agree. Like, I think I probably could do more of that. What I'm thinking in my mind is like, ah, oh, dang it. Um, that's a good point. Like I could have been better is she, or, you know, you're questioning when you hear this feedback, is she right? Um, because when we do get feedback, especially unsolicited feedback, we have a choice whether we want to listen to that feedback or not. Right. Because sometimes we do get unsolicited feedback that is not useful to us. Sometimes it's more about the, uh, giver than it is about the receiver. Right. Um, maybe it's about their specific preference. So she walked up to me and said, um, you know, you stood in one place too long, and I really think you should have moved over to the other side of the stage. I could say, okay, thank you so much for that. I will take that in consideration. Um, but then think if I started moving around a lot, someone else might come up and say, hey, you moved around really a lot too much, uh, a lot too much. You moved around too much. I think you should stay in one space, right? That's one of those personal preferences. I mean, you can study speaking or whatever your craft is and like some of the best practices are, but you still got to make it your own put it in your own style, right? You got to make, do it your own way. And so I believe I have my own way in that. Um, but what she said was, I think you can incorporate more storytelling and I think that would make it more powerful, uh, and get your point across better because people learn best from stories. And I said, I absolutely agree with you. You're right. You're right. I didn't uh, tell that many stories. And, um, but what I needed was time to reflect on that. And that's what we really need when we get feedback, whether it's useful or not, especially if it stings in the moment, um, Sometimes people get defensive and say, well, I don't think I needed any stories there or like, oh, I had too much information to cover and not enough time or, you know, here's another excuse, excuse one, excuse two, excuse three, why I didn't do whatever you think I should do. That's not the right way to approach it. The right way to approach it is either A, ask questions if we need to clarify the feedback. So what do you mean by that? Where do you think I could have incorporated more stories? Why do you think that way? Or if we feel like we have, we understand the feedback, we just say, thank you for the feedback and we move on. And that's what I said. Thank you so much. We talked about it for a couple minutes. We moved on. We talked about some other things. Uh, and then I left and went on my way. And after I left, I sat and I reflected. I'm going for a bike ride uh, later that evening with some friends, new friends. And um, I reflected on that feedback and I started thinking about it. And I started thinking about the keynote and I realized that she was absolutely right that I absolutely do need to incorporate more stories. And I pinpointed the reason why I hadn't. I've been packing a lot of information into my keynotes. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, I felt like I didn't have a lot of time for stories. And <laughs> this is vulnerability time here. Um, I was talking to a group of friends about this yesterday. I think there's an element of imposter syndrome in there. Even though I have told those stories in my book and multiple people have told me how much they resonated with them and how much they appreciated them. Even though I did that, I still sometimes leave them out of the keynote because I feel like, oh, people don't care about my stories. They don't care about my life, right? This is about them. It's about other people. 
And I know that I'm wrong about that because A, people have told me they appreciate my stories and I need to tell more stories. B, I love hearing other people's stories and what they've gone through. So it just makes sense to incorporate more stories. Now, don't have to all be my stories. I can incorporate other people's stories as well uh, into my keynote to bring some of those points home. And so that's exactly what I'm going to do. I started mapping it out in my mind. I started on my flight home. I started writing it out. And I talked to Lauren about it as we're working on my keynote. And so I'm committed to incorporating stories more into my keynotes in the future. And here's the thing. I can test it out. I can see how it goes. There's a chance that it, it may not fit. Maybe someone comes up to me and says at some point, hey, Andy, that was a great keynote. You told way too many stories, right? Um, there's a chance people have preference the other way. But I think it's going to resonate more. I think it's going to make the keynote better. And this might be sort of that next, that, that, that thing I needed to get to the next level on my way towards that ultimate goal of being like the most sought after marquee keynote speaker in the career space, right? And I can look back, you know, when I'm on the big, big stage and people are saying, this is amazing. I love the stories you told. I can look back and say, thank you to that woman, that CFO for giving me that feedback, because if she hadn't, I might've just continued to do the same thing over and over and over again. And it would have been pretty good. Let's say it was a seven or eight. I never would have got to that 10 unless I got that feedback to improve. All right. So I share that story with you because I want you to think about your own vision and your own goals and what you're trying to achieve. And where can you be seeking feedback and incorporating feedback? Where do you think you could be getting better with what you're doing? Right. Uh, one more example. I've created the training program from my book. It's called the Own Your Career Training Program. There's also an online course, and um, the training program typically runs uh, with cohorts in big companies. Uh, however, if you are on your own and you are interested in taking the online course, it's available on my website if you just go to ownyourcareerownyourlife.com. Uh, I believe it's right on there if you just go to the website. If you don't see it, then send me an email or uh, reach out, but uh, the course is there. And I run this training program and I, I, you know, I worked with a team to create the online course. I've created this training program. It comes with um, six live facilitated sessions uh, over six weeks. And um, I'm starting a rollout with a, a big software company and I'm not going to facilitate all of the sessions. So I brought a facilitation team on. I hired some contract facilitators to help run the program. And I, reached, and I got some really, really good facilitators. These people are better than me. I know, I mean, I just know they're either as good or better than me. And that gets me excited. Some people, so ego is a big issue. We'll do a whole nother episode about ego, right? But some people will say, well, I don't want people who are better than me because they're going to outshine me. And it's my program, right? I, I want that. I want them to be better than me. I want clients to say, hey, Andy, you're pretty good, but actually um, Gloria or Jen was better. Can we have her next time? That's the music to my ears because that means less work for me, right? I could just pay them to do it. And if they enjoy it and they do a better job, that means more impact, right? And my ultimate goal is impact. More people are owning their careers. That's what I want, right? That's what the training program is about. And so if they can make that happen uh, and it doesn't need me, that's fantastic, right? So think about that for yourself too. What's your succession plan? Uh, if you are a manager or a leader, can you help your people develop them so that they are just as good, if not better than you, so that they can replace you if you go on vacation or maternity leave or paternity leave or health leave, or you take a different job or et cetera. Don't make it all about you, right? It's about helping other people succeed 
and focusing on the greater good. And I believe that will come back to you and will all work out, right? So I'm very happy to have these facilitators who are better than me. And so I have uh, this one, Gloria, who I have, I negotiated and got her to come run programs for me. Uh, she's really, really good, very experienced. And um, she came and observed the first uh, live session that I did for this company. And afterwards, she sent me an email with uh, just a ton of feedback. I'm like, here's what I observed. Um, here's how I think it could be better. Here's how I think we can run this program in the future. And again, like feedback is tough in the moment because someone is basically saying to you, like, you are not perfect. What you did was not perfect. <laughs> I think it can be improved. Um, and so it kind of stings in a little bit in the moment. But then when you think about it, if my goal is for this program to be as good as it can be, to make the most impact possible, to to be an absolute 10, then I probably can't do it on my own because I'm not the best creator of programs out there. Even though I have experience with it, I'm not, I know I'm not the best. Why not bring other people in? Uh, I hired my friend Leanne Hughes, who is an excellent, excellent program creator and facilitator. She's down in Australia. Uh, she's been on this podcast in the past, I think a long, long time ago, and uh, or at least on the Talent Development Hot Seat. And so I hired her for a consulting session and said, like, let me just show you the whole program and you give me your thoughts. How can we improve this? Right. She gave me some ideas. And then Gloria comes in and gives me all these other ideas. Here's how we can improve it. Now, some of them were style, right? Like here's your style. Here's my style. I would run things differently than you. But a lot of them are going to make the program a lot better. And some people might close themselves off to that. But I just said, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Let's absolutely adopt this. I can't wait to see what you do with this program. Make it your own. Like, just keep the content. Teach people how to own their careers. Use the content from my book. Uh, but do it your way. I'm not a micromanager. I don't need to be. I don't want to be. I don't need you to do it exactly my way. Uh, and so I really appreciated that. So that's just another example I wanted to give of how I've created something, but then Using feedback, getting feedback from other people allows me to make it even better, to take it from a seven to a nine or an eight to a 10, whatever it may be, right? Um, so again, think about your big goals, think about what you're working on, think about where you could be seeking more feedback and where maybe you have defended yourself or closed yourself off to feedback because you were afraid of the way it might make you look. Um, and then realize that if you put your ego aside, again, we'll do a whole nother episode on ego. This is very hard, but if you put your ego aside, uh, you can accomplish so much more by receiving feedback. And, you know, sometimes we need to give feedback uh, to people around us if we want them to be great as well. Um, I posted about this on Facebook, and my friend Steve Palpasek uh, added a comment about how he had given feedback to an excellent pastor uh, in his church or a church that he was visiting who was obviously very, very talented and could be even better. And he said, I believe so much in this person. I see so much potential in them. I gave them feedback because I want them to be even better. They're already way better than I could do, and I want them to be even greater. And you think about the greatest greats out there, whether it be athletes, singers, you name it, performers, a lot of them are seeking feedback. They have coaches, um, and they're seeking feedback so they can continuously improve. And I believe, I've talked about this, fulfillment comes from growth. We want to keep growing. We want to keep improving. So keep that in mind. Go out. Uh, look for feedback. When you get that feedback, whether you agree with it or not, say thank you so much and then internalize it and think about what you can learn from it. What do you want to incorporate and how you can get better? Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, the Own Your Career podcast. I hope it has been helpful for you. Um, if you want more, Go grab my book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life. It's available on Amazon. Uh, and we also have some free bonus resources on our website. If you go to Own Your Career, Own Your Life, 
com slash bonus, ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus. Uh, we have the five steps to owning your career, the top five most common career mistakes, my morning routine, the three questions to ask anytime you face a big challenge, like tons of great bonus resources on there. Uh, go download those. Um, I think it'll put you on my email list, which I almost never use. <laughs> so you probably won't even get any emails from me. Um, but go download those and make sure you get the book. And if you want to help me out, uh, leave a review, pass this on to others. And if you know somebody in a big company who's looking for a marquee speaker about owning your career, make sure you pass my name along. Thank you again for listening. I will talk to you next time.